They said it couldn't be done. No team can come back from a 0-3 series deficit, at least not in the NBA. 0 and 150 all time in the National Basketball Association. But now the Boston Celtics only two games away from making that happen. And they do get at least one game back on their home court if they're able to win game number six. We'll talk about number game number six in just a moment, but welcome back into Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. Let's talk about what happened in game number five, Danny. A 110-97 to W for the Boston Celtics. No Gabe Vincent for the Miami Heat, but also only eight minutes of Malcolm Brogdon for the Celtics. Let's focus in on the victors uh, for tonight first. Uh, why did the Celtics get back in this series? Uh, well, I'm going to go revert back to the things that I said in NBA Today, Justin, all the things that you've seen your boy on this past week. Yes, sir. Uh, I referred back to the possession game and the turnovers. If Boston takes care of the ball, they win the game. Obviously, fortunate enough, they shot well. They shot better. Of course, when they make shots, they win the game. But even tonight, if they made shots and they didn't win the possession game, it would have been a closer game because Miami actually shot. 76% in the third quarter, and they still outscored Miami because they made them turn the ball over, and they took care of the ball. They also, Miami only had four points, second chance points, and that happened in the fourth quarter by Kevin Love. So they didn't let them get any offensive rebounds. They let them get any second chances, and they didn't turn the ball over, and they made Miami turn the ball over. So even without without them making those shots, I think the way for them to get back in the series or win the series is to make sure they control the possession game. That's offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, and limiting their turnovers, but also making Miami turn the ball over. So even if they shoot poorly, they have a really good chance of winning the game, regardless of what the scenario is. And Miami's been playing really well. They've been shooting really well. There are others. Caleb Martin's still shooting well. Um, you know, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson. Uh, obviously, Bam and Jimmy had a tough night, but they've been playing. Their others have been playing extremely well. And if you want to beat Miami playing the, the way that they're playing and shooting that way, you're going to have to win the possession game. Yeah, winning the possession game is obviously uh, a factor here. One of those things that you mentioned were the turnovers. Obviously, uh, when it when it comes to turnovers, right? It, it just mm-hmm. there is just a matter of focusing better, right? Focusing more, being more in tune with the game plan. But what exactly, like, how does a team stop turning the like? How do you just stop? Because some of the turnovers, right, are are mental errors, but some of the turnovers are forced by the action. Like we have to 100%. give the defense credit. You, the turnovers can happen. From Miami's defense. been extremely active for sure, hundred percent. But so how, I think how does it Boston comes down to be a better non-turnover team? I think the, the the ones that hurt you the most are the ones in the fourth quarter. And that comes down to poise. Jason Tatum played an excellent floor game tonight. He didn't score 30, but he had assists. He had rebounds. And the, he's early on, he set the tone. He had like the first seven on. He had the first bucket and he had like 12 in the first quarter or something like that. Most of them a couple at the rim, a couple threes. Um, but he was a facilitator tonight. He made the right reads. I knew that he knew they were going to play one on one again. He, he, you know, f- found the guys in the pocket, found the guys on the wing, uh, made excellent playmaking ability, uh, just finding extra guys and they, a hockey assist. Um, all those things led to open threes of those guys and they, they stepped up and knocked them down. Um, but him just being more poised, making control, taking control of the pace and dictating what's happening. Um, was a big change in what you've seen in the past games In the past games, the way they lost, they were in some of those games. But like game two, they kind of fumbled it. I want to say game four, I think it might have been a little closer too. But the last two or three minutes of the game is where they kind of crumbled. And it's those unpoised turnovers, unforced ones where it's bad shots or quick shots and turnovers trying to dribble through a double team. So most of it is more of mental and just taking your time, be patient and like 
Coach Joe Mazzula said they trusted each other and they played with each other tonight. And, you know, they, they believed in each other. So they actually made passes and it's contagious. Once it started going well for them, they kept they kept it going. They got to do that from start to finish and trust in that, especially in the fourth quarters. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Joe Mazzula. First and foremost, uh, you know, sometimes they say the best le- lesson in life is learned through experience. Joe Mazzula calling timeouts now, <laughs> especially after he got ridiculed for not calling a timeout during that third quarter early in the series. Uh, he's calling turnovers left and right whenever he sees an inkling of something going a around. run, timeout. I see. <laughs> they still up 17. I saw Highsmith get a layup. It was like a 5-0 run. He's like, oh, timeout. He's calling it right away. He's he's using his timeouts very wisely. And again, something set up for the next possession. They're getting buckets. They played a what, great floor game by the players and the coach. You have to give credit where credit is due. They all, all around had a hell of a, a game. And the Boston fans got to see another win on their home floor. But now, can they carry that poise to Miami? That maturity, can yeah. they carry that to Miami? Yeah, I, I will get to. I want to get to Miami here in just a moment. Uh, but yeah, shout out to hey, you got to give credit where his credit's due. You're right. Uh, and one of the things that Joe Mazzula wanted, and he's wanted from this team all the time, is he wants them to get the three point volume up. And mm-hmm. game number one, they were ten of twenty nine from the three point line, and he wants them to get up like forty. Yeah, they averaged about forty. Ever since that game, they went from twenty nine to thirty five to forty to forty two. Yeah. To, to 40 to 45 the last game this game they only took 39 but mm-hmm. at halftime they had taken 25 so they were on pace to take 53s um and that's what yeah, Joe Mazzulla wants and if they shoot in that and if they could shoot that well I don't know if the Heat have that much talent to combat for sure but you know they're not going to shoot that well for the rest of the series the thing is they have to play defense and, and I don't mind the shooting a lot it's the, the, the attempts it's the type of attempts you're, you're taking and obviously they shot 25 and a half because they made 20, they made a good amount in those 25. They had like 18 day threes by the third quarter before going to the fourth quarter. I think out of that 25, they might have had at least 10, you know what I'm saying? So, or 12. Um, so they made a, a good high percentage of those shots. If you're three for 25 or four for 25, you might want to get somebody to get to the free throw line, get some easy baskets, and then work your way out. Um, but yeah, they did a hell of a job of, of pushing the pace and dictating the tempo from the jump and then getting some great open looks and making the extra pass. Yeah, and uh, a concern also here for the Miami Heat as they go back home. Oh, before we get to that, I want to say also Marcus Smart and Al Horford, I think, are two X-factor keys for them winning. Al Horford making a couple threes, and of course Marcus Smart making a couple threes, changed the game. And if they continue to do that in Miami, they'll win. But I think it's a concern for Boston more so than Miami. Before we get to Miami, of Malcolm Brogdon only playing eight minutes um, in this game and having a forearm. Some type of injury is obviously more serious than what they're saying or what we know. Um, but I think him missing is going to hurt them, especially on the road, because he's a big part of what they do and bench scoring. They need that, especially if somebody in the lineup like Jalen was struggling before tonight, missing threes. They're going to need a guy like that coming off the bench. If Derek White's not hitting you know, his career high at six threes or seven threes he had tonight, um, they're going to need another guy that can put pressure on the paint and, and also knock down shots. Yeah, I believe Derek White was six of eight from three in game number uh, game number five. Yeah, you, you mentioned it. That's what I was going to get to. Jalen Brown had, was not good. To his standard mm-hmm. in this play in this series so far, mm-hmm. averaging under 17 points. He was shooting 45% from the free throw line. He's still shooting 45% from the free throw line because he didn't take any free throws in game number five. Going on the road, I think you're they're definitely gonna need him to be like he was tonight, if not better, because you know uh whatever the name of the arena is in Miami now, you know that's gonna be live, and you know uh the Heat are going to absolutely going to play like their back is against the wall because who in the world would want to go back to Boston for game seven? That does not seem comfortable, but let's talk about the Miami Heat. No Gabe Vincent in game number five. 
uh, subpar performances from Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Uh, Kyle Lowry, who had a great game, number one, has not really played to that level since then. The Miami Heat are actually 7-0 and this postseason when he scores over 10 points. He hasn't scored 10 points since game number one. How did the Miami Heat get right back at home? I mean, I, I, they need Gabe Vincent. You can't, uh, they're already down Tyler Hero. And I think the reason why they, you say Kalo is struggling, Kyle struggles. Um, I think the rhythm was thrown off. You go from coming off the bench and giving a spark to now he's starting and he's having the ball. Like I said, he made a point to say earlier when he's talking to Shaq, Kenny, Chuck, and Ernie. Like when I come with the second unit, I'm able to have the ball in my hands more. I'm able to make plays. And there's, I want to say less expected, but he's also going against the second unit guys. Um, not saying he can't go against first unit guys, but when you're so used to coming on the bench, since he's been back from injury, he's been coming off the bench and been that spark to, to throw in a starting lineup. And of course, Jimmy and Bam are handling the ball a lot more. When he comes in the second unit, one of those guys off the floor, whatever, they can mix it up. Um, but with Gabe being out, it kind of throws off the rhythm of the whole team. Um, so, And also, he's been scoring unbelievable, shooting 58% from the field, 50% from three, averaging 18 points a game in the series. You take that away from you, that hurts a lot of your offense, especially with no Tyler Hero. Um, so they got to get him he- healthy. They got him back, but they got to get back to what they were doing. That's just playing you know, Miami basketball, pushing the pace, getting scrambling, getting active defensively, second chance points, getting offense rebounds. You can't let Kevin Love be the only person getting your second chance points in the fourth quarter. And you have two put back layups. You have that Bam on the board. So you got to play better. Jimmy's got to play better. And, you know, Caleb Martin's continuing what he's doing. Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, and hopefully have a healthy Gabe Vincent. If you don't have a healthy Gabe Vincent, it's going to be trouble. Okay. So let's say Gabe Vincent comes back. Let's just say, uh, let's just say they get more offensive rebounds, but I want to focus in specifically on what you said just right there. Jimmy Butler has to play better. Bam out of bio has to play better. How do they do it? Well, they just got to bring that fire and force. They, they, I mean, it's just like Jimmy's on cruise control tonight. You know, you can see he was looking, it looked like he's in regular season mode, Jimmy. And I, I expect him to have a different type of passion in this game six coming up. And that's just really his game. It's not like he has to, nothing rocket science, he needed to figure it out. I just think that they both, Bam missed some shots, of course. Jimmy didn't take a bunch of jumpers or three-pointers. He missed a couple shots. He got a shot blocked one time. Um, but they have to get the second, they have to get the, the 50-50 balls. They have to get on the ground and get loose, get themselves energized into the game. I don't know if Jimmy has to talk shit to somebody or somebody talk shit to him to get him awake. But whatever it is, he has to come out being playoff Jimmy and not regular season Jimmy. And tonight it looked like he was cruising a little bit. And, you know, a lot of his game is just built off his 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 want, you know, his his desire, his will. And if he doesn't bring that for them night in, night out, it's going to be tough for them. So he has to bring that willpower. And bam, I expect him to shoot better than he did tonight. So I'm not worried about them. But even with those guys being healthy and playing better, they better hope that Gabe Vincent is there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously they're a depleted roster for sure. So you need your stars playing well and uh, according to you, and you know, that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, there did not seem to be a lot of force with Jimmy Butler tonight with how he was playing. Now, could that just be could that be him? Could that be what the Boston Celtics defense was doing to him? You know, that's up for inter- yeah, that's up for and maybe he's worn well. down. He's been they've been they played they had to play, fight from a play in position to beating the number one seed in the east and beating the Knicks. And now going up three games, then maybe that mental part of the game that made them relax a little bit too much to where he's like, damn, you know, my body needs a break. My mind needs a break. They've worked their ass off and struggled to get to where they are at this point. And maybe he's just worn down and tired, had a hurt ankle. But, you know, we need him to turn it up a notch. If he, if they want to advance to the next round, I know Denver's happy right now. They're getting some really good rest, but they better get they better get right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. Uh, game six back in Boston should absolutely uh, be a spectacle 
Uh, and thankfully, thankfully, you know, I'm not a Celtics fan. It's back in Miami. Have, Game six is back in have, Miami. Yeah, we have, yes, back in Miami, we have more basketball. And for that, I am truly happy. We might not have no more LeBron James, apparently, though. I don't know what's going on there. Maybe Danny can explain. We'll talk about that right after the break. Welcome back to Inside the Green Room. Danny Green, Harrison Sanford. If you don't follow us on social media, go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Inside Green Room, Twitter, Green Room Inside. There's a TikTok as well. Um, you know, we'll put that in our podcast description. I don't have TikTok. I'll try to avoid it, but <laughs> there's certain things you can't avoid uh, as you get older. And even though I'm trying to fade some of this social media stuff, Danny, I got to embrace it as I am embracing how the world is evolving. And uh, somebody who is embracing getting older as well is LeBron James, who, after getting swept by the Denver Nuggets, kind of leaked some thoughts about potential <laughs> retirement. He's going to think about it. Uh, he has some Did things they even ask him the question? It, 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 it kind of was posed the question. It wasn't. A, I don't think it was a direct question, but it, it, it made sense how he got there. Nonetheless, we can, we can go into to a whole autopsy of how mm. that even came about. But nonetheless, the point is the point is LeBron James at least has stated that he's a not 100% sure that he's coming back next season, at least not coming back on time to start the season. You've played with him twice. Uh, you've had numerous teammates who you've uh, seen retire. You've been I don't know if you've been swept before, but you've lost playoff series. Uh, just give me not, your whole. Thankfully, there you go. Knock on I just knocked wood. on. I just knocked on some wood. Um, yeah, with that, with that, yeah. Pause. Uh, with that being said, what is your reaction to what LeBron said in that moment, and how you think it plays out? All right, we'll get your, get your, you know, get your, your ears. Take, we got a nice little, uh, many different angles, many different ways to perceive this. So you know, get ready to listen, and it's a deep dive and to all the things that can take place. And obviously, LeBron is a very calculated human being. One way to look at it is that he wanted to take the tension off of him and his team being swept, which may or may not, in some people's minds, hurts his legacy. In my mind, I don't think he's that big of an ego guy. Uh, maybe it takes a little tension off the sweep. Uh, I don't think he was trying to make it about him, nor I don't think he was trying to take away the attention from Denver, which they damn well deserve of sweeping that team because Lakers were a hell of a team this year after the trade deadline and was balling. So to sweep that team, you got to give them a lot of credit. And I do think they have a very good chance when they get to the finals of, of winning that as well, getting their first ring. Another way of looking at it is he's trying to preserve himself. So the other angle that I said, I talked on a couple of shows, you seen your boy on uh, Justin or NBA today, uh, a couple of different appearances. I spoke about him really wanting to play with Bronny, right? And I think the only way he gets there, there's no way that I think he can play the year that he had this year, play another year, and then play with Bronny the year after that. I think the only way that he gets there is if he takes a year off. So maybe he's already had this in his mind. He's had a calculated well, plan. Let me jump in, DG. He mm -hmm. can come in. Bronny could come in after next season if he yes. turns out to be a one-and-done prospect. So not two years, just one year. Yeah, So, he, but he can't come in this season coming up. So I'm saying there's no way Bron makes it. After this season, after next season, I don't think he makes it staying in throughout that whole course. I think in order for him to make it in year 23, it would be 
is it take year 22 up is it or is it 20 is it year 20 right now so it take 21 it would, be, it would be so next next year would be year 21 and then you year 22 22 year so 22 is when 21. barney could be in the league yes yeah so you have to miss year 21 to make it to year 22 so that's the only other angle that i see that you know his how his mind may work he is very calculated so i could see him saying you know what i really want to play with Bronny, but the only way i do this knowing i gave it all this year and my body is breaking down i don't think we have a chance of winning a championship i think this is my last year of trying to do it we can't keep everybody that we want to we can't bring that same team i don't know what pieces we're bringing in and maybe it was another another angle is it was a threat to the organization of if you don't make the right moves and put the right pieces around me then i'm gone which i don't think it was that either my mind is I think that he wanted to take less of light off of the sweep attention and also him thinking about the Bronny approach and wanting to play with his son. So I think he wants to think about it. Mind you, he also just played 48 minutes and lost to one of the best teams in the world in, in the game, or game four, got swept and had a 40-point damn near triple-double. So I think after a game like that, I think a lot of people were considering retiring. Um, but the fact that he's been year 20, did that, and he wants to play with his son, I think is the biggest factor of why he's like, you know what? There's some things I need to think about, some things I need to reevaluate. And, you know, maybe it's, it's time for me to see how Bronny would, wants to play it out. If he wants to play with me or not, if he does want to play with me, then maybe I will sit out and play with him. Um, but if he doesn't care to, then, you know, what? I'm just going to play my next year out and then call it, you know, call it a wrap. In my past experiences, I've seen it with Timmy. I've seen it with Tony, Manu. Their last year, well, Timmy didn't know, but Tony, he went to Charlotte. He's like, you know, I don't know how many years left. I just want to make sure that's fun. And I wanted to be, you know, less stressed. He didn't, he obviously wanted to win, but he was like, I just want to relax, just have a good season to myself, my family, and let it be known that this is my last go around. I think Braun would do something similar. Um, if he was to leave, I couldn't see him just leaving abruptly, but you never know. But me knowing him personally, I think it was a calculated move for him to think about Bronny and also to, you know, set up the next year of me, him being his final year and let people know. This is my farewell tour. Yeah, well, you know, I, I I disagree. And I would say I don't know LeBron like that, but I disagree. I think I think LeBron, well, so first of all, the 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 all-star game is in LA 20 in 2025, right? Okay. So I think I think he wants to be a Laker for that season. Uh I think how it plays out. This is how I think it plays out. It, it was revealed by Sham Sharania that he has a torn tendon in his foot. I believe what will happen is that he will get the surgery that he might need and he will take as long as it needs to heal. He's not going to rush back for training camp and things of that nature. Will I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't join the team until maybe December ish, as opposed to being there in October and then moving on from there. So he doesn't have to play. Uh, he's not even expected to play 82 games. He probably won't even be expected to play 60. I think the other angle is, if you say this now, it will put pressure on the front office to try and make things happen while still preserving the depth. That was the big issue. You trade for Russell Westbrook, but you mm -hmm. lost your depth. You gotta get if you can get the third star and still keep depth. If I'm LeBron James and, I, and, and I'm one of the best basketball players in the world presently, I can't turn down that opportunity to play for the Lakers, to play with Anthony Davis and potentially another star and still have depth after how they played this year. I think it's all just a lot of force to make things kind of move in his, the way that he wants things to move. And obviously it is a factor. Like it's, he's got to have to get surgery on his foot. Why would you want to get surgery on your foot? I don't disagree. I think that's a good part of it. I don't think it's the main reason, but I think that is a good part of it. Also, I couldn't see him just sitting out till December, man. Um, his legacy to him, I don't say it's too important, but he loves to compete. I can't see him on the sideline comfortable, especially if he's healthy and like if he's all healed up, I don't know how long a foot surgery will take. 
Also, that well, that's sitting out that long. He made all NBA team this year, right? This will be one of the first years he doesn't but make no, all NBA didn't. team. He didn't. He did not. Oh, I thought no, he I did. Saw my bad. My bad. I think he made 13. My bad. He made 13. Yeah, I think he did. So this is one of the very few. I don't think he's ever not made. When was the last time he not made all? I think he's made all NBA team damn it, every year, except for what one year he was hurt most of the year. And well, next year they're going to have that game requirement. Yeah, 65 games. Not saying he's going to make that, but I'm sure if he's healthy, he'll play 65 games with less stress of depending on who's around him and and not worrying about so much about he did the playoffs made western conference finals i think he's just the next goal for him is trying to get to Bronny. honestly yeah for sure uh and i i will be curious to see how what Bronny wants from that i mean that's a whole i mean that's a whole podcast in itself what does Bronny sure. want from his relationship with his dad like what if his dad says this is my farewell tour and i'm doing it with my son I don't, I, you know, I, I kind of want my own spotlight too. I don't want to be my own introduction. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I don't want to be on a retirement tour with my dad. Maybe my dad could be in the league, but I want my dad to. I don't want to be at every single road stop with him while he's doing his road. I'm my own man at this point. Yeah, maybe he doesn't want to play. Maybe he doesn't want to know. Yeah, and that's, but I think Bron does with that. care about. I want to say he does care, but I think it is for him to continue the legacy, the accolades. So he's going to continue to play as many games and build up. All the statistics at 39 years old and saying, you know, nobody's ever going to do this because he has the greatest career in NBA history. That doesn't mean you're the greatest player in history, but yeah, I think he has the greatest career uh, in, in NBA history. So um, I think he's going to continue that. And for him to continue that, he's going to have to play before December, I think. All right. Uh, we we, we got to go. Uh, speaking of retirements, uh, for those who are watching uh, and for those uh who are listening i just put the three i just put my three fingers to my forehead and shout out to mellow one of the best scorers of all time uh um, i i hate to see him go i hate to Man. i just hate i just hate that he went out like this uh real quick we're, we're kind of running yeah. over on time your favorite mellow memory or or your favorite or the most um uh, revealing thing that you saw on a scouting report when it was time to guard mellow one of the two Man, I'll give you a little all of them. Pause. Uh, I just I've always been a big Melo fan since the Syracuse days, and him winning an Natty as a freshman, and I thought even his rookie year he was very deserving of at least being co rookie of the year, if not co rookie of the year that year. Um, you know, in his Denver years was um, unbelievable. And obviously in New York, he hooped crazy. He had some at the end. You know, New York fans are tough to to play for, um, but he had you know fifty point games, sixty point games. But my favorite memories of Melo. Is when he was in Denver and in Syracuse, and just I remember in the in the scouting report. I mean, I didn't guard him much, but it was it was really hard to guard him. And we got older. It was like you know, try to crowd him, try not to get his pull up off. And once he gives you a shoulder and a bump or a spin off off you, you ain't contesting that shot. You're not getting to it, and it's cash. And he's making it all over the floor wherever he wanted to, not just mid range, but three balls too. So um, it, he was a tough cover. He was a pain in the ass. He was a bully. He was a bull. And and, and I just remember even when him and Bron going out when I was a rookie my year. My first rookie year seeing Braun play, I'm like, oh, Braun, he's the real deal. And I had Shaq with me. Then I see Melo go at him. I'm like, yo, Melo actually gives Braun the business quite often when they're younger years on. I'm like, you could tell they were at each other, took it a personal. Um, so it was just fun to see those battles, you know, when I was before I got to the league and when I got to the league. And, you know, the game is going to miss him. And, I, and I, I'm with you. I hate that it went out this way and not on his own terms where he could have played for a group and it said, you know, this is my last go around. Um, but, you know, he had a hell of a career, man. 19 seasons is unbelievable. And, you know, much love and respect for that gentleman. He has raised a lot of us, m me and my generation, and, you know, had a lot of us look up to him. And he's changed the game in a way and, I guess, led away and inspired a lot of us. 
So, um, you know, he's a pioneer and, you know, he gets, he deserves all the respect. He just, his jersey should be hung up in the Denver arena alongside Jokic. They should hang up both their jerseys and retire him. And in New York, too. That man deserves to have his jersey retired everywhere he's played. Nah, well, I, I think they definitely could have retired the Madison Square Garden. Well, maybe not Houston, OKC, and, and Lakers, but the, the, the cities that he played in for a long period of time. Yeah, Houston. I mean, New York is definitely going to get hung up. And I did see this uh, tweet from somebody, and I'm sorry if I don't remember where the tweet came from, but they introduced the idea of 15 just being uh, like the, the almost like why you wear number 14, basically mm-hmm. 15 being the number in Denver. Whoever the guy is, is awarded the number 15, which I think would be dope and I think would be right. Um, I hope Nugget, especially now that the Nuggets are back in the are in the finals for the first time in franchise history, I think they can let the gripe with Melo go. It's over now, right? All right, for sure. Anyways, uh, when we come back, uh, we got we got one more thing we need to discuss, and it has to do with one of Danny's former teams, uh, John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. Be right back. What's good? Uh, Got to get out of here and enjoy this Memorial Day weekend. I will definitely be enjoying Game 6. And I'm predicting that I will enjoy a Game 7 on Monday as well. Uh, but before we even uh, give our predictions for the weekend, we have to talk about uh, the news that came in this week. John Morant did post some cryptic messages on his Instagram account um, referencing his family members, his mom, his daughter, uh, his father. And then it ended with the last one saying bye. Uh, kind of unsettling for a lot of people who saw that. And there was a wealth of concern throughout the league and throughout uh, the fan base, uh, throughout his fan base, throughout the Grizzlies fan base, throughout the entire sports fan base. Uh, The Shelby County uh, Police Department checked in on John Morant, uh, as they reported to TMZ Sports. And uh, they said they did a welfare check. Uh, The welfare check that they said, at at the conclusion of the welfare check, they concluded, that everything was cool, all right with Ja, and that he was just stepping away from social media. Danny, um, we still haven't heard what the suspension will be from Adam Silver. I imagine mm-hmm. it will definitely come out before July 1st, before the start of free agency, because the Grizzlies might have to act accordingly. Uh, but what was your reaction to that? And and just every, how did, what, what happens next? Not just the suspension itself, and we could talk about the suspension, but just how this whole thing progresses forward from where it is. Um, it was concerning. A lot of people, um, not just in the basketball world or on the court, but in the media world, were asking me to reach out to him. Like, you know, what's his number? Stephen A. came to me like, how do I, can I get in touch with him, talk to him? Like, people were concerned, uh, rightfully so. He's been going through a lot. I don't think he's a kid that would harm himself. But, you know, he has a lot of pressure on him. You can tell he carries the weight of everyone around him and wants to please his family and friends. And that can wear on you. So, um, you know, I reached out to him a couple of times. I know his phone has been blowing up. I don't know if he's changed his number or not. I have not heard back. Um, I know he'll get back to me in due time. Usually he'll re- respond like some days later. Or so, uh, but this recent uh, thing that has come out, I have not heard back. I reached out. Everybody was concerned, but I said, I think he's just taking a step away from social media. He probably changed his numbers, blocking out the world. And a lot of people trying to reach his father, a lot of people trying to reach anybody in his camp around him. Um, and this is the time where I said he, he's trying to just give some space, peace of mind. And he knows that he's going through uh, going to have a suspension and he's put, he's let a lot of people down in his family and a lot of his teammates down. Um, so rightfully so, I think he needs some time away. The next step forward, I think the Grizzlies organization and everybody around him, the support system, I think it'd be more mindful 
of how much weight they put on him. Um, just the people, the Grizzlies are going to be making sure they, they you know, have a somebody to check in on him, somebody he can talk to, somebody he can vent to, and, and make sure that he has all the resources he needs to where the the stress isn't so evident. You know, obviously it's it's very it's concern. It's it's he's very express. He's a very expressive type of person and uh, player. He wears his you know heart on his sleeve and the things that he's going through. You can tell he puts it out there on social media on the court. Um, he plays with a lot of emotion, and when things are going right or wrong, you can tell the way he acts and the things that he's been doing, it shows that he's going through a lot. So with that being said, I think the next steps is his teammates, the groups around him are going to you know, come closer together and hopefully support him and give what he needs. Hopefully the league gives him suspension, but not to a point where it breaks him. Um, but rightfully so is a second time offense and, you know, whatever they give him, I, I think unless it's like a whole season, I think it's pretty much deserved. I don't, I think it should be, it has to be less than half a season in my opinion. Um, but we'll see what happens. That, that the decisions are not in our hands or my hands. I'm not the one to make those. I don't have that say so. Uh, but it's, I'm just hoping that it's it's less than you know 30 games, less than 40 games anyway. Yeah, uh, I have no idea how it kind of plays out. Uh, but I do hope uh, that you know whatever is suspension is given, uh, that time away from the game uh, is used uh, to benefit him and for those around him. And, you know, the time that he's taken away from the game now, or at least from social media, uh, I hope that helps as well. I, hey, listen, I don't blame Ja for not being on social media. That's for sure. Obviously social media has, has been a place where he's gotten in trouble, but also social media is, uh, can be an annoying resource. place. It <laughs> yeah, is. it could be. And it's also a big yeah. resource and it's a big, it's a financial resource for a lot of people. It's where a lot of his branding and his fans are and his shoe drop and he's still sold out. Um, it was new sneaker that just dropped. So um, it's a gift and a curse. It's advantages and disadvantages. Just don't let it, like Kyrie had some statements, they don't let it, you know, take over your life. Don't let it take over your mind. Uh, keep it at bay and keep it where you need it in that lane to where it doesn't affect you and, and stress you. Yeah, no, uh, I, I feel like if you curate your, your, your social media feeds, which takes a lot of time sometimes, uh, it could actually be a very profitable place. But you get caught up in following this person, you're following that person, and then you get caught up in, you know, at that age, you can get caught up in imitating things that you don't need to put out there. So, uh, it's a, it, you know, it's a scary, it's it's a scary, social media is a scary place if you don't do it right. So I don't blame him at all for getting off of it. And hopefully whatever happens from here, uh, hopefully the more positive headlines are coming his way because uh, the man is talented um, and he does bring in a level of excitement to the game that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, with that being said, Danny, real quick, real, 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 real quick, because we got to go. Man's got to sleep. Um, Same. Nuggets, Celtics. It's going down next week. Oh, you think Celtics so? Celtics win it in seven. Yeah. Uh, I think they lose in six. I, 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 I'm at the point. I'm at the point where I'm just not going to bet against. I'm obviously you and I not betting, but I'm, for lack of a better phrase, I'm not going to bet against the better team. And the Celtics are the better team. Well, you're also betting against Jimmy again right now, which you said you'd never do again. Well, but, I said I'd never do it with my money. I'm not okay. I'm not putting any chips down for the Heat to lose. So I'm Boston not, makes he's history. Not, he's not they're the first team in history. So Boston's the yeah. first team in history to come down 0-3, down 3-0, or 0-3, uh, rather. And they're going to be in the finals against Denver. And they're going to yeah. – uh, we'll see. I still think they lose in six. Malcolm Brogdon's out. They're going to play well. They're not going to play as well in Miami. I think even if they get to seven, I think they lose. It's hard to win four straight games in the playoffs against a team that's been balling the way they've been balling. So we will see. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to game six, man. Yeah, we shall we shall see. Um, 
Yeah, it should be very interesting. Uh, with that being said, uh, it's time for me to get up out of here. Uh, it's time for Danny to get up out of here. Uh, uh, do I want to say that? Yes, I will say that. Uh, also, I uh, want to give a shout out to my co-host, uh, Danny Green, who's been killing it on uh, the jump this past week and this just in, all his appearances. Uh, shout out to uh, our producer, our head honcho, Amjad Osman, for just being a dope individual and kind of Word. helping us keep the thing going. And well, I shout say out to all you, that- buddy. Man, you well, killing it, bro. Well, I, I, I'm saying all that, and I'm giving you, you, you guys, thank you because uh, you guys have kept me busy, and now I am actually too busy because we have built this platform that's allowed me to do some pretty cool things. So, if you are listening to, to this you. podcast or watching this podcast, you can now find me on Stadium Network Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, from two to two, two to two thirty Eastern. Sometimes Shams Sharani is on the show. I'm working with another co-host by the name of Cameron Smith. We talk about the NBA. Uh, you should listen. Uh, and Word. then you could also find me as well. I'll be on Amazon Prime next week. Uh, Prime Video. Amazon Prime Video has about eight hours of sports programming uh, on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. You could catch me from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Boy, doing a big. I'm staying busy, but it's a thank you to you guys. Yes, thank you to yeah. thank you to Jed, thank you to everybody. But shout out to all the, the companies that have uh, helped this podcast grow and also hired us to be able to yes. to grow individually. So yes. ESPN, NBA Today, Justin, Amazon, MSG Networks, all the networks that you're on now. You all over the place, busy guy. Thankfully for you, lucky for you, got your weekends back. But uh, I'm glad you're busy, man. But you still make time for the little people. And we can still do our podcast together. So I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, no, it's no. This is uh, it's a it's a sincere thank you to the the day one listeners, the day one subscribers, the YouTube uh, video commenters. Uh, because there was a time this was all I was doing, uh, and you guys have kept up the momentum. And now, uh, you are seeing Danny shine on the mo- at the mothership, and I am get I am able to pay bills. Uh, without any worries. And uh, to you guys, I am thankful for that. So with that being said, read, read, subscribe, review. And don't, that doesn't mean stop watching. That doesn't mean stop listening either. Still got to get the, read, still got to get our read, numbers read, subscribe, up. Subscribe, review. And we'll see you guys yeah. next week. Read, read, subscribe, yeah. review. <laughs> Peace.